thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. that you're here this morning. Look at this. It just quit raining. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, and those of you who are watching, I just want to ask you guys just to, to stick with us and press in. I really feel like there's a lot of grace uh, from the Lord today. Um, I w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time and talk to you guys a little bit about some of the behind the scenes um, faith journey that's happened in, in this season with the Nehemiah project, with the building journey, um, because I, I really feel like there's a lot of grace for our church and for, for the friends of our church through this, okay? And, and I, really, I really don't want anybody to miss the inheritance that's available to you if you will grab a hold of it and apprehend it and step into it, okay? And so... I'm going to actually take us through a story. I'm going to take us through a story of the journey of, of what's been going on. Um, and, and I hope you guys will just kind of walk this out with me. And there's, there's a lot of themes that's going to be in this. But, but in the end, I just really feel like there's a breakthrough of inheritance for us as a, as a body, okay? You guys good with that? Um, if you've been with us for any time, you probably know that there's been a prophetic word that's, that God has been, he's been speaking to our church from before we even started this journey. And I'm going to, I'm going to start the phrase and I want to see if anybody else can complete it. All right. Cause you've heard it uh, dozens of times. Uh, here's how it goes. Possess the land. Can anybody say the rest? Possess the land that, that I have given you as an inheritance. That's right. Good job. Let's give each other a hand. You guys got it. Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. That's been a word that the Lord has given to us since the, the moment that, that the Lord told Jessica and me that we're supposed to plant a church. And then as a team started surrounding us, it became the word that the Lord has given us as a team. And then as we started doing uh, pre-launch meetings, that was a word the Lord gave us for people who are being drawn into what we're doing, and it's still a word for us, and it's going to always be a word for us, because it's a word that has a lot of promise that's ahead of us for, for further advancement, amen? And, and this word, possess the land I've given to you as an inheritance, is packed with promise. It's packed with more. It also is a word that can give us hope, when things don't look promising. Amen. Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. And, and it's a word that has helped us in the, in the amazing moments and the hard moments to understand that our inheritance is not just going to fall into our laps. It's not going to just happen to us. We have to happen to it. Amen. It's not just going to, it's not just going to, there it was. We just eased right into it, and it just—it was just all simple. And even though that's what we we want grace to look like, the easy button all the time. It's not always the easy button, 
we, we don't, we don't want to wait for things just to happen to us. The, the, the Greek word that we've declared many times that the, that the New Testament says is katalambano, which means to seize, to apprehend, to reach out and grab it, to take custody of it, and to bring it into your possession. It's a very active word that, that you have to do something. That's why it says possess the land that I have given to his inheritance. It's a free gift. It's already accomplished. It's his promise, but we still have to do the possessing. We still have to, we have to see the promise on the other side of, a, of a, an army of giants that tries to tell us that we can't have it. Amen? And that's been our journey so far. That's our journey of not just this building, but what we believe that God has promised us that he's brought us here to build and to establish in this region that we're going to see a mighty move of God. And I feel like we have a key part in this thing to happen. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the building story. I want to tell you that all of the overflow is, is really not centered around this building. All right. I think we know that. As a matter of fact, we should know it because we've been meeting in parks and Anywhere else that, that we've had to meet in, it's not about the building. However, the building is promise. It is land that we're possessing. Amen? The building is a place that we're going to build a, make it a home. It's going to be a place where we get to inhabit and, and rest in it and worship God together and build the kingdom from. Amen? So it's, it, is, it is important. It's not about it. But that's a, that's a place for us to build out from the kingdom assignment God's given us. So I'm just going to run us through some stuff. Some of it's going to kind of be bullet point, breeze through the history. Some of it I'm going to really go deep in because there's stuff that I feel like uh, God has promised, packed in there for you guys um, corporately that I just don't want us to miss because God's doing phenomenal things in our midst. Amen. He's been doing some amazing, huge breakthrough things in our midst. And I just want us to know that for each one of you who are part of the family or, or you, you've really decided in your heart you want to yoke with this at some level, this breakthrough for you personally. I don't want us to miss any of the, of the impact of this. So last August 2019, uh, the board of directors met together and we knew that we we're going to, have to start praying into a building because we've been meeting at the Carmel Middle School Auditorium. We knew that we knew that we had limited time we could be there, so it's time to start praying into it. So, what did we do? We prayed the prayer, the kind of prayer that Jesus promised us that He answers, the prayer of agreement. All right, Jesus said, "Where two or three or more of you gather together in My name, whatever you ask for, I will do for you." How many of you guys know that unity is huge to God? And when he sees his kids come together in unity, agreeing on something, one heart, one mind, we're putting our, our unified yes on something that seems to be his will that draws his favor to answer prayers. Amen? Amen. So that's what we did. And, and it was crazy because we had been doing research in, the, in this whole area that we believe that God's called us to be as a church, especially Carmel, but even in the surrounding area, uh, we've been doing research and finding nothing that was an open door for us as a church. 
After we prayed that prayer, it was about two hours later, Jessica happened to look online, the same place that she's been looking almost daily, and all of a sudden, that afternoon, this building was posted on there. Isn't that crazy? Like, do you think that's coincidence, or do you think that maybe there's something about the Lord letting a favor attract to that prayer of agreement? Come on. And so, so that happened, and not only did it look like the perfect type of a building we would need for the, for the size of a congregation we are with a little bit of room to grow, um, the, but the, the price of the lease was exactly what we needed because it's just a, just a couple of hundred dollars off what we were already paying at the Carmel Middle School Auditorium to have for five hours once a week. That, that's just nuts. Like, that does not happen in this area. Most things that were comparable would have been double the price, and then you have to pay utilities on top of that. But the utilities are included. It just blows my mind. So we, we met with the, the landlord and went and checked it out. Looked like what we thought it did. We're praising the Lord. We're excited. He's getting excited that a church is about to rent this space. And we were about ready to sign a lease so that we could start having church there last October. <laughs> That's a year ago. We were going to get in there last October. But, but there's something in my gut that just felt like we probably need to look into this a little deeper because I just, I just felt like there's probably some city code type things that might need to get looked into because we, we, we want to we do everything we do with integrity and with honor to the city and the authorities. Amen? Amen. By the way, that integrity has caused us to be already in October a year later <laughs> without being in the building yet. But God loves integrity. Amen? Amen. It's going to be worth it in the long run. I just want to say that. So we started investigating. We learned all the, the hoops that need to be jumped through. The, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, some I don't know if you call it red tape or yellow tape, but whatever tape it is, we've had to go through all of that stuff. And, and so once we started learning... The, the loopholes that we had to jump through, um, not loopholes, hoops. <laughs> loopholes means it's kind of a faster way around it. That was not fast. We, we met with him, with the landlord again, and he had brought a, an architect that he does work with into the conversation. The architect starts looking into it, and guess what? The architect said, I don't think this can happen, because he knew that the city codes we're going to be really strict, and he didn't think the way the building's laid out, it could work for us. So what did we do? We gave up and started looking for something else. No, we didn't. <laughs> we did not do that. We pushed in more, and we, we just we started asking questions. Well, what if we look at this? What if we look at that? He started researching it more, and lo and behold, there are loopholes. There are ways that we can legally make this thing happen, and so he started laying out a plan, um, when, when he said it couldn't happen, the landlord was about to give up too and pull out because he didn't think it could happen. But, it, but what did he do? He looked over at us and he said, what do you think? And we said, I think we need to keep looking into it. And he said, okay, I'm with you. And, and he did that multiple times when he could have given up. He always looked to us and said, what do you guys think? And we said, we want to keep pushing through. He's like, all right, let's see what we can do. This has been a year. 
a year of an empty building that he's not making rent because he was following our lead as we're following God's, uh, God's word on this. Isn't that amazing? So much favor. It's been crazy. So the architect researched and he found out ways that we can do it. Uh, it's going to take some renovations, lots of money in renovations. And, and we also had to go to a board of zoning of appeal. A board of zoning of appeals, I think is what it's called, in the, in the city hall in Carmel on October the 28th last year. Had a meeting with them. I felt like I was in court. I was nervous. The board was there with me. They saw me. Probably looked pretty nervous. I didn't know what I was doing, but I gave God something to work with. And God worked. We got a unanimous yes vote from their whole team. Wasn't that cool? It's awesome. You guys have heard this story. I'm just kind of taking you through the process. But it did come with, with conditions. So some of the conditions are those, are, are those renovations. There's all, they're also requiring a, a sidewalk to get laid. That's a city sidewalk, even though it's on our dime. We worked through that one in our hearts. God's good. And uh, uh, the, the, we have to put a, a bike rack in. Um, there has to be a wall built around a trash dumpster. There has to be trees planted. W interesting things like that. But with all those conditions, we got a unanimous yes. Isn't that awesome? So, so there was a moment when the landlord saw the, the, the conditions and he wondered again, should we proceed? But he looked to us and we said, we're going to keep going forward one step at a time. He said, I'm with you. We kept walking it out. That's amazing. I want you guys to see the favor of the Lord has been with us this whole time, many times when we could have gone away and, and took the easy route. All right. So we stayed the course. There's a lot of other stuff that we had to go through dealing with the architect, all the plans. It takes a lot of time, a lot of back and forth, looking at different ways that we can make things work. And so months and months are going by. And then, of course, you know, COVID hit in March. That kind of threw a little wrench in the gears for everybody in the entire world, including us. On March 18th, it was my birthday. And, and Jessica was amazing. She actually, she had a bunch of friends uh, shoot me over some prophetic words and encouragements, which was awesome. I got bombarded so much that I couldn't even like register mentally, like all the things that was coming to me. But Julie White and Steve White sent me a video and Julie had a cool prophetic word that, that's been really encouraging to me. Julie, if you're watching, thank you so much for this word. Um, Basically, in essence, what she said, because she, she knows that this has been months already with this building process. She said, don't get discouraged about the amount of time it's taken because God's actually using this time before we get into the building to help, to help deepen what he's doing in our church body. And so he actually needed this time to help forge these relationships and to forge a unity and just a strength and a bond that is going to really... It's going to pay dividends. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to help support the weight of things yet to come after we get into that building. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, as, as time keeps going by and by and by, it's like, Julie, is, do you still mean that word? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I know that God still has been in it. And I mean, it's been amazing, actually. Like you guys, you guys have been staying the course when it could have been easy to, to go a different way. And I want to say thanks. 
Thanks for walking this journey with us. It's been a little bit like Moses with the Israelites out in the wilderness and no place to land, but we're still together and we're still camping around his presence. Amen. So it's been awesome. Um, you know, more times going by, of course, all this stuff takes time. On May the 9th, um, I had a phone meeting with, with our spiritual father, Steve Backland, who is on our apostolic board for Overflow Church. And we were really seeking his wisdom and covering in this journey with the building process. I, I explained to him all the signs of God and all the things that just really made this building feel like a right thing. But at the same time, Jessica and me and our board were also processing concerns uh, just about the, the condition of the, the world around us. Like there's COVID and then there's an economic crisis going on and we don't know where that thing to go. And we know that to do this building, it's going to cost a lot of money with renovations and all the stuff, all the cost that goes into this. And we don't have the money as a church. By the way, you guys might not know this when we did the Nehemiah fundraiser, but we actually, as a church, have been able to save a bunch of money, like almost, not, not quite as much as what we raised, but pretty close like to what our goal was. We've been able to save that much as a church. So that plus what we got in the Nehemiah project is actually money as we get to work with. So that's pretty cool, huh? If, if anybody's wondered, like, where, where's your tithes going? Well, that's a part of it. We've been saving money in advance to go towards this stuff. But, but nonetheless, like, concerns about the finances, like, what do we do? And so I was asking Steve about these things. And I want to tell you a little bit about Steve's advice to us. It was so profound and prophetic to us. And, and this has been crucial for our board of directors in how we've been walking this journey up. Steve said this, he said, it sounds like if God wanted to discourage you from going in this direction, he's done a pretty bad job. <laughs> because everything's been lining up that just looks like the only way it could happen is God and his perfect plans. And so he's doing a bad job if he's trying to discourage you from going in this direction. And he told us we should write down the pros and cons about this building he said we should write down all the details of the God story we've had up till this time. There have been prophetic words, prophetic dreams, unusual coincidences that just seem like God's doing something, all the favor that's been on it, et cetera, et cetera. The God story. How many of you guys know that our God stories are pretty important? You know, we've been going through the, through the Destiny Finder class on Thursday nights, and a big part of that is identifying each person's like personal God story. Where's God been showing up? Because that's setting a trajectory of where he's taking you. And that's what Steve was asking us to look at as a church. He also said, because we, we were having to make some decisions in a few weeks at that point on whether we're moving forward or not. He said, use this time. Take one last look. Since you're not sure yet what's going on, take one last look and see if there's other building options out there, because maybe something will pop up. Because one of the questions that we had is with the economic crisis, and we're seeing businesses um, leaving offices and people working from homes, it's all of a sudden there's going to be new vacancies, right? And so we started wondering, like, are there other vacancies that are about to start opening up? Which, by the way, 
We've still looked, even up till recently, not much out there. But he said, he said, if nothing opens up, that speaks back to this building again. Here's another word that Steve has said to us multiple times. If you ever listen or read Steve's stuff, you probably have heard this. He said, the greater the risk, the greater the word you need from the Lord. Now, this is big risk stuff, guys. Like every single step we've had to make has been big risk. Even back when we did that meeting at the city hall, there was a risk involved. We had to pay like $2,000, I think, at that time to just to go do this to see if they're going to say yes or no. Like that's kind of risky money. But we felt like the Lord said, do it. He's been telling us one step at a time. Trust me. So we trusted him. And it was a yes. Every time we, we had to pay. I don't remember how much it was one or two thousand dollars towards the architect for drawings that we don't even know if they're if we're going to get accepted to move forward or not. But it's risk money. But the Lord's saying, trust me. And every time the way has been open, one more step. Isn't that awesome? So as we're praying about this and we're talking to Steve, like, what do we do? What do we do? There's an economic crisis. Do we move forward where we're going to have to pay money that we don't even have right now? Ha ha. And Steve said, he said, here's the here. Here's what you need to know about the leader's faith journey. The leader's faith journey. Usually you got to you got to really weigh in the balance between you got to you got a logical budget and you've got logical plans. And then you've got to know what your faith budget is and what your faith plans are. And, and you know, you, you often want to try to operate in the logical realm, but there are times when you can't help it. God puts you in a situation where you have no other options except the faith side of it. Amen? So, here's where the Red Sea comes into the story. All right? This is what Steve said to us, and, and this next thing I'm going to tell you is actually set the stage of a prophetic journey that for our board and for our church, even though you guys might not have known some of this yet, I'm bringing you into it now because there's crazy breakthrough in this. I want to, I want to release over us in a little bit. Steve said, sometimes you have the Egyptians chasing the Israelites from behind, and you are pushed up against the Red Sea before you. He said, sometimes circumstances force us to make decisions in faith that we wouldn't normally make. Looking at your other options, and there are none, it sounds like God may be forcing you into a faith step. <laughs> we had a few nervous moments along the way. All right, didn't we, Josh? Jasmine, Jessica, and Seth, did we have a few nervous moments along the way? No, Seth says. <laughs> Let's pray for Seth to repent of his lies. <laughs> but Steve went on and he said this. He quoted a verse that the Lord gave me back in, I think, 2009 or 10 that spoke to me then. And, and he brought it with new meaning for me for the stage that we're at in life right now. And, uh, and it's Jeremiah 12:5. It says, if you have run with footmen and they have tired you out, then how can you compete with horses? What that means is God's expecting you. He, he wants to get you to a place where you are powerful enough that you can, 
compete with horses, with war horses. That's what it's referring to. And the Lord hasn't destined us to max out at foot soldier level. He actually has dreams to take us way beyond that place. But if we can't handle the foot soldier challenges in life right now, we'll never be able to grow to the place where we can handle the greater battles that he has ahead of us. Come on. It's a good word. Steve said this. I know this is huge for you because this, remember, this is about us deciding, are we going to go all the way with a building where we know there's costs that are bigger than what we've had to face yet? He said, I know this is huge for you, but compared to where you're going, this is foot soldier stuff. <laughs> Need I remind you that the Nehemiah Project goal was $55,000, all right? He said this is foot soldier stuff. You need this breakthrough because there, there's a day coming when you're going to need to believe for millions of dollars. I hope you guys hear the spirit of what I'm saying here because there's so much destiny in us as a body that's way beyond where we're at right now. But God's using the present challenges and the present growth experiences to prepare us for something that's way beyond where we currently are. Can I hear an amen on that? So after I had that meeting with Steve, uh, it might have been in the next couple of days, I had a meeting with the board of directors, shared with everybody all the things that, that Steve spoke over us. We prayed into it. We felt like God was saying, he was confirming these things. The, and and prophetically, we really felt like the Lord is showing us that the Moses and the Israelites at the Red Sea picture is actually a really prophetic picture of how we're going to respond and act in the season that we're in. So we prayed the prayer of agreement again. We all were in agreement. We're moving forward with this thing. How many of you remember when the prayer of agreement comes and it's in alignment with what God's saying Favor is drawn to that. Amen? So we began praying for the Nehemiah Project fundraiser. We started putting together the, what the costs were going to be and, and starting to kind of gather all the facts so we can know where this thing's going to go. On July 3rd, I had a dream. I've told you guys this. I want to remind you. I'm not going to go deep in it. I dreamed that that there was another woman with me, and I didn't know who it was. I thought I knew who it was, but I wasn't sure. And she was interceding with me, travailing, giving, we were giving, we were going into labor in the spirit to give birth to something from heaven to earth. And what we were travailing and praying for was for the breakthrough for this building to come forth because we've been in spiritual warfare over this thing for many months. Praying a breakthrough. But it wasn't just the building, because the building is going to be great, but really the building is in tandem. It's, it's, in, it's, it's like you get one with the other. The building coming forth is also a symbol of the move of God that God has promised overflow church that's going to come from heaven to earth and that we're going to give birth to a move. We're going to give birth, I believe, to revival. All right. I believe it. So so it's kind of like they're both. It's like the breakthrough is 
the physical level is kind of prophetic to what the spiritual is coming in. Does that make sense to you? Had that dream. I needed that dream so bad. I was working through some hard warfare. The enemy was like, he, he was hitting me hard, like trying to speak things to me through circumstances. This is going to fail. You're never going to get the money. You, your people aren't going to stay with you. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. That was July the 3rd. On July the 9th, I had another phone meeting with Steve because I needed to let him know the new update, the, the new challenge that came to us that we did not foresee. Um, there's a fire separation wall that has to get built in the building on the warehouse side, and that's, that's part of the legal fire codes. And it's going to cost about $100,000, and, and we, we were under the impression that we weren't going to have to pay a dime for that, but we found out that we're going to have to pay $36,000 towards that. So that's a lot of money that, if you're not expecting it, right? On top of everything else that we knew we were going to have to pay for. So that, that became a, a whole new, like, oh, heck, what am I going to do right now moment. And, and so what he was going to do was he wanted to add $1,000 per month on our lease to the, to the price that we were excited about for three-year lease, okay? Which would, over three years, equals $36,000. I do need to say, though, even though that was unexpected, I think it's still pretty crazy amazing that the landlord is willing to pay, what is it, $64,000 towards something that he's only doing to help us get in there. That's crazy. That's crazy. So awesome. But this gave us new fears to work through, so I'm talking to Steve about this. Just trying to get his counsel, just keep speaking into this. And, and what is his answer? Sounds like all the more you're being pushed into a corner. Sounds like all the more you're getting pushed to the Red Sea. So he's just, he's just like speaking that word to us again. Okay, praise the Lord. I love the Red Sea with no other options. The board met again. The Lord gave us a renewed hope, a, re, a resolve in our hearts that he can provide this too, all right? We prayed the prayer of agreement. Come on. I love the prayer of agreement. July the 17th, I went to revive the world. It's my friend Tony Costa's church in Greenwood for a healing meeting. I've told you guys these things, just running you through the story. My, when I was leaving, my friend Owen, who is, is Tony's right-hand man there, followed me outside because he didn't want me to leave without him speaking his prophetic word over me. He saw that the Lord wants to, he's going to start um, having various people start sending my family money just to bless us. And he's like, but this is also going to start coming to your church as well. And he didn't know what to do with that. Lo and behold, before I left the building that night, somebody came up and gave me $100 and said, God told me to give you this. Had no idea about that word. And then the next day, other money started coming within four, three days. Out of nowhere, people didn't know anything about it, $1,400 came to us. Okay, thank you, Jesus. But, but Owen didn't even know that we're getting ready to launch the Nehemiah Project. Okay, that we're going to do a fundraiser, $55,000. That is not a small dime, guys. We went into this thing just a little nervous. Like, we trust the Lord, 
But that doesn't mean that we're not working through faith stuff on this. Amen? Let me just see a show of hands. How many of you guys also needed to push your faith into this with us? Don't lie to me, please. How many of you guys needed to push faith into this? Amen. So while I was in there, in, in the, after I was getting ready to leave, I went back in after Owen prophesied. And Tony Costa and a few of his team laid hands on me. I didn't expect this. I got wrecked. I fell under the floor convulsing and just all the embarrassing things that you do when the Holy Spirit gets on you, shaking and uh, like this, laying on the floor. People start crowding around me and like flinging more on me. It was awesome. I needed that. And this one, this one person came over to me and she knelt down on the floor and she starts travailing and she starts interceding and she said, I'm a midwife and I'm going to help you birth a baby right now. And she starts calling forth this baby and travailing. And, and my spirit is totally in this. And we're travailing together. And the Lord showed me this was the dream. This was the dream. And I want to tell you that something has shifted since that night. Okay? I just want you guys to know that. We're believing the building to come through. Believing a miracle. A move of God's coming. July 23rd. Uh, we meet with... We meet with the, the landlord again. A new surprise came to us, caught us off guard. He, he was expecting that we would have a guarantor on the lease, which basically means that I was going to have to sign my, my family's personal assets on this thing as a backup in case something happens. How many of you know that's probably not a good plan on my part? And, and there's, actually, there's actually scriptures that talk about um, that it's not wise to co-sign, which is the, another word for this, all right? And so we, uh, we're like, man, we can't do this. I understand his reason for it because he needs to know that his, that his investment is going to be protected. I totally get it, but we're like, we cannot do this. And all of a sudden, this became a new thing. Oh, wow, is this about to not happen? Is he going to pull out of this after all that we've done and it not happen? And so we worked through that with him. It took a little time, some back and forth. But he, he actually came to an awesome compromise uh, that, that if we increase the security deposit, that, that we can do that instead of the guarantor, all right? But what that did, that's a good thing. But, but what that did was that made the dollar amount that we need go even higher. Like it already went higher, and then it just went even higher. And every time it goes higher, we're like, okay, God, our board prayed and we we were able to get the faith for this number but all of a sudden this is beyond the number that we had faith for lord and so we met again are you on this and the lord keeps saying did i ever leave it <laughs> he's like did i not foresee these things back when we told you we're doing this amen and so by the way we took this stuff into our family vacation and had to deal with all these things while we we're sitting at the beach in North Carolina. Hallelujah. Perfect way to spend a vacation. But we kept pushing through. We were, we were distressed with the new financial hurdles. Um, lots of pressure on this. Have big decisions to make. But we kept remembering the only option is to push into the Red Sea. You know, this thing that looks impossible. This thing that there's no way that you're going to actually make it unless God shows up, right? 
So I started remembering the, the story of Moses. I want to read you a, a little portion of the scriptures of the Red Sea story. The Red Sea story is in Exodus 14, but it actually starts chapter 13 at the end. I'm going to read two verses from there, 13, 17 through 18. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had led, led the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. All right, let me pause right there. God took them out of Egypt to the Red Sea, this impossible place to be. And this verse actually says that there was a shorter route that he could have got them to where they needed to go, and he could have done it. They could have totally bypassed the need to find a way where there was no way and gone this other way. Shorter cut. Easier, right? How many of you guys know that we're often asking God to give us the quick, easy, and that's not always what he needs to do for us? Amen? But here's what God said. He, said he, couldn't, he did not lead them the way that was near the land of the Philistines because he said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So in other words, they were going to face another kind of a challenge in that time that he knew they were not prepared for yet. Now, we all know that, they were, that God's people were going to go to war against the Philistines, but he knew they weren't ready for that yet, so he needed to avoid that so that he can take them on a journey that will get them ready to where they then can fight the Philistines. Amen? So even though it was a shortcut, even though he could have totally blasted that, he said, no, I want to do this other thing. Thank you, God, for putting us in an impossible situation. All right, so he brought them to the Red Sea. Hop over to Exodus 14.10. When the Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. Oh, yeah. That, so basically, Moses led the Israelites up to the Red Sea. And it says the Red Sea was in front of them. Pharaoh's entire army, and it was massive, and they had the best gear an army could have, all right, behind them. And it says that, it says that the angel of the Lord, the glory, actually went above them and, and landed behind them to separate his people from their people. And so, so they've got the enemy behind them, but they've got God as a shield, but they're still looking to the place that they need to get to that's impossible. That's a good picture, because where did God have their eyes? Not on the enemy, on the direction they're going. Okay? God had their back. <clears throat> All right, so verse 10. Pharaoh drew near. The children of Israel lifted their eyes, so they did look back on this part. Behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So they got afraid when they put their eyes where it didn't belong. Amen? First, I'm going to skip to verses 13 through 16. Moses said to the people, I want you guys to hear this, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Come on. And then he told Moses to stretch forth his rod and to tell the people to go forward. It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. 
And, and then um, <clears throat> he stretched forth his hand, this giant sea split open. There were walls that, that were spread apart, walls of ocean, of sea, dry ground. Like he didn't just move water. He moved all the water that was even in the dirt out dry soil. That's like, that's above and beyond right there. Amen. And it, and it says that they marched through. They marched through on dry soil. And they got to the other side. And the, and the Pharaoh and his armies are coming up behind them into the divided sea. And after they got out, God told Moses to lift his staff again. And, and it all crushed down on them. And he destroyed the enemy, every last one. I love that story. Verse 31, it says, Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So the people got to experience something together where they watched God come in on their behalf and do something for each one of them as a nation. And they watched him. They didn't just get to hear a testimony. They lived the testimony. And the Lord crushed every enemy and took them to the other side. And they, and they became a nation. Okay? When, when we were processing this stuff as a board, we had to have a few meetings on the phone and on Zoom calls with them because we were in North Carolina. But I sent them a message because we were processing through this, praying into what God's saying. And I want to just read a, a paragraph I sent, that, sent them. We all know the phrase that love looks like something. The same is true that faith looks like something. It doesn't always look like things happen with ease. Often faith is what we push into when everything seems to be at odds. Often it is a battle against opposition. Faith is not the absence of fear and anxiety. It is often a response to it. Because we were working through that stuff. God, what, what are you doing? <clears throat> and we started unpacking the Red Sea story. Moses, up until this moment, had had his encounters with God. He had crazy face-to-face -face encounters with God. But, but the people, as a collective people, did not have that yet. They just heard his testimonies, right? So this became their corporate encounter. This became their collective testimony, all right? Before this, they were a group of people. After this, they were a nation. God used this to forge unity and perspective and culture and faith into the people so that they would pass through that, not just a bunch of people together, pass through that, forged together as a family, as a nation. Come on. Isn't that awesome? And, and the Lord was just showing me, like with our church here, based on these things that we're walking through, our church was, you know, it's a church plan. It started off with 
people coming from various backgrounds collected together. We're doing church and stuff. And, and there have been some amazing stories of provisions and, and just breakthroughs and all these things. But this that we've been going through with this Nehemiah project, guys, this is a gift from God to us as a church because he could have given us the easy way. He could have just made everything just fall in our lap and made it simple. But he actually gave us something that was going to require that we do a journey together. He gave us something that was going to require that we put our faith together in unity and, and have the power of agreement. He gave us something that's going to require us putting skin in the game and, and facing the impossible to see what God can do. All right? God, he could, have, he could have done this, but he needed to use an experience like this journey we're in to forge into our hearts as a, as a congregation unity and faith a corporate testimony of breakthrough. This is, this is our testimony. Amen? God knows that there's huge victories that we're going to need to win in the future. He gifted us this as a breakthrough to, to make us ready for greater things to come. This is powerful stuff. Some of the symbolism of that story, the Red Sea, you know, we, we felt like the Red Sea, in a sense, I'm sure there's multiple things these things could mean, but for us in this situation, it was the financial obligation that seemed insurmountable to us. All right? Like, we had to keep facing that thing. Lord, can you be in this if it just went, our faith was here, and it just went up here and in here, and then it's like getting way beyond what we felt like we could reach. And, and so that was our Red Sea. The Egyptian army that's coming from behind, we felt like that was a fear of failing. That things aren't going to work out. Fear of failing. A Pharaoh, I, I believe the Pharaoh could represent a principality in this area that really wants to see us crushed or see us divert our way to, into our inheritance. All right? The parting of the Red Sea, supernatural provisions from God. Amen? Supernatural provisions. There's no mud on their shoes. They, they walked through that entire sea with dry shoes on the other side. And we felt like the Lord was saying that He wants to see us through this thing and not even have church debts as a result of it. The sea closed in on the enemies. We felt like the Lord was showing us that as we get through this thing, He's going to crush our fears. He's going to crush the doubts that we're going to succeed, that we're going to make it through this thing. He's going to crush the lies of the enemy that would try to keep us from moving forward or believing that we can. Come on. Because God has called us to possess the land that He has given to us as an inheritance. And the enemy hates that promise. You guys, this has been a huge journey. God told me that we're going to need to cut a lumbano, apprehend this thing by faith. This thing that's beyond human reach to bring us to higher places as a church so we can accomplish more things on the other side of it. Amen? There's been a, there's been a temptation to bail many times, but there's been a burning conviction that God is getting us through this thing 
because he's we we have a we have a higher level of kingdom impact that we've got to get to. And if we forfeit this breakthrough, we might not reach the power that we're going to bring to this region. Do you guys get it? That this journey we've been on is actually crucial for the breakthrough, for the birthing of what God's bringing in Overflow Church. Do you guys get this? Amen. I, I will wrap up shortly. So we, we had launched the $55,000 goal, started moving together with our plans, and then, and then in the meantime, there's more contractual back and forth going on with the landlord, and we found some small print in there that made us a little concerned, and so we needed to work through some of that, just try to get, the, get ourselves a lot more comfortable with some of the, the contractual things, and on August the 23rd, Jessica and I were up in northern Indiana at our friend Doreen and Donnie's house because we were on our way to Kalamazoo the next day to pick up those amazing chairs that we're going to have in our building. Come on. And, uh, and that night, we, uh, I, I received an email from the landlord at midnight. I should have never opened an email before I went to bed at midnight. <laughs> Word to the wise. That email uh, it basically made us realize that, that we might have we pushed him to the max of his willingness to keep negotiating something that's taken a long time. We, we felt maybe this proved that, that we had reached his limit because basically what he told us, based on pending things that we're hoping to see get worked through more, he said, he said, you need to be comfortable with the contract, and if you're not, I need to know by 4.30 tomorrow so we can know whether we're staying the course or parting ways. The line was drawn in the sand, and I went to sleep on that news. <laughs> and we had raised at that point $18,000, and I'm like, oh, we're Jessica and I are like, what do we do? And, we, and, and I want to tell you, I did not sleep good that night. I had a twisted <laughs> gut. And, and we prayed before we fell asleep, Lord, speak to us, because we need to know what to do, because we're on our way to get chairs. Do we get chairs? <laughs> What's going to happen? In the middle of the night, I woke up, not by the spirit, but by a twisted gut. <laughs> it was horrible. And, and, but the, and I didn't have an encounter. All I had was this one thing. The Lord reminded me of a verse in that Red Sea story, this is what he told me. He, he reminded me of this verse. Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Come on. And that's the only thing I had. I didn't feel peace on it. I didn't feel glory on it. I just heard the words. But, the, but that's, what, that's what I had to go with. And the Lord said, fear not. <laughs> Help me, Jesus, because I'm feeling a lot of that right now. Stand firm. And at first, the stand firm might have meant, don't go to Kalamazoo, don't do anything. But I knew that's not what he was saying. He was saying, stand firm, don't waver, don't shift your position, keep doing what you're doing. Trust me. 
He said, what looked like the final word on an email is not the final word. <laughs> when God's on something, I'm telling you, I can be very stubborn and I don't give up easy. Stand firm. Don't change your position. That email was not the final word. He said, see the salvation of the Lord. Watch how I'm going to move. Okay, Lord. I tried to get back to sleep. I woke up the next morning and I had a phone call from that lady on the other side of the world that was with that church that said that they wanted to take an offering for us. I've told you guys this story. And, and she, said, she said that we, that our, our leadership decided unanimously that we, that we want to pay off the entire rest of the goal that you guys are trying to raise, take it up to the $55,000. I want you to know that I went to bed hearing I might pull out on you tomorrow. I woke up hearing God saying, I've got this all the way through. Come on. Can you imagine the timing of that? If I didn't have that, I, wouldn't, I don't even know what we would have done. Seriously. We, but the Lord said, he was showing us he's on this, lavishly on this. That's so crazy. All of a sudden, because part of the concern on, on landlord's side is the financial risk that he was going to be making some large investments into construction costs and stuff, then he, he needs to know that we are going to be able to fulfill our side of this or it's a huge loss to him, right? And so all of a sudden, we have the money pledged to us that we are going to be able to pay every single penny for the deposit that he made big and our construction costs in a moment, any financial risk concern was completely eliminated and not on the table anymore. The timing of that, you just cannot, only God can do that. So crazy. And then they ended up, we, they, they said they're giving us 38,000. They ended up giving us 40,000 just to top that off crazy and we have all the money it's amazing thank you lord and and so when i gave that report to him he's like all right well let's meet let's meet wednesday and he's like well actually could we meet friday because it, it took off that whole line in the sand that's my point like i just wanted you guys to hear that like it's so cool how god did this and i wanted you to know like he's been so gracious towards us and everything's good. Everything's back on the table because God never left the table. All is well. We have great relationship with him. He's excited to do this with us, by the way. Um, we signed the contract last Tuesday. Hallelujah. That's huge. Contract signed, ink on paper. This is a real deal. We wrote him a check for the deposit, the entire amount. Wrote him a check. For the for our portion of the secure of the of the firewall, that's amazing. No debts on these things. We're gonna be able to go into contract with the price that we originally wanted. Hallelujah! God's so good. And next week we're allowed to go have church on the property and pray over it. And He's even allowing us access to the bathroom on the inside. Praise you, Jesus! So here's where I'm wrapping this thing up. This is where I'm wrapping this thing up. I got to hang out with my friend, Steve Freeman. The other day, he's, a, he's an awesome uh, 
Father in this region, connecting ministries together, building unity. It's awesome. I got to tell him this whole testimony. And he, he prophesied over us, and he said that that money that came in, just a reminder, we aimed for 55000 69000 came in. Praise you, Lord. He said that that money that came in is just a deposit for what the Lord's bringing ahead of us. And he, he said that's only 10% of what's coming, but then the Lord corrected him. He said, actually, it's going to be more than that. <laughs> and, and what I was already feeling in my spirit, he, he confirmed this. He said, he said this testimony is, is for a breakthrough for your entire church and for the region. It's bigger than us. And, and here's what I want to say to you guys. This is where, I'm, this is where I want to land this at. I want, I want you guys to hear this from my deepest heart. The, the breakthroughs that God's given our church, the grace that he's put on this church, the, the, the power and the favor he's put on this is not just, it's not just for the leaders. It's not just for overflow as a, as a church corporation. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you as families. It's for you as individuals. The, the inheritance that's in this, like it's, it's pregnant. The atmosphere is pregnant for breakthrough, for financial blessing, for promotions, for favor. It's for you. It's for you. The grace that's on this body and this mission is your inheritance. Do you guys hear me? It's your inheritance. You can lay hold of it and receive it into your home, into your personal life. It's on the church? Absolutely. We're going farther, guys. I believe we're going to go farther than we know. But it's for you. It's for your family. You get to go farther than you know. Amen? It's up to you to embrace it. It's up to you to call it your own. And I want to say this. That there's language of how we can talk about our involvement with overflow. And I know that not everybody who's here who's watching is called to be part of the overflow family, like committed. I get it. You're still our friends. And there's still, there's still breakthrough and blessing for you. But if this is your church, like I, sometimes I hear people verbalize things like your church is blessed or I'm, I'm happy for you guys or uh, you talk about your mission or your breakthrough. And, and what that kind of language does, it keeps it external to yourself. But if God's called you to be a part of it, like, let's, let's, let's be inclusive here. Include yourself. And, and there can, you know, including yourself, it takes ownership. All right? You get a step into the grace of, of what God's doing on this. And it's not just as a blessing, but as an inheritance. This is an inheritance that's for each one of us if we put ourselves into this. Possess the land I've given to you as an inheritance. Thank <laughs> you.